You're listening to a podcast from 702. 702. The car feature. It's 14.40 on the Tuesday edition of the Azania Mosaka Show. I'm Rafilo Mbakanyane, standing in for Azania, and uh, we've got 20 more minutes, you and I, to enjoy each other's company, uh, as is custom for Tuesday afternoon. And this part of the show on a Tuesday, um, the focus becomes motoring. And uh, today we're going to be taking a look at uh, a, a report which takes a look at... Um, how the motoring sector is faring, uh, and it's such a key conversation to have because quite often, what do we do? We look at we look at motoring numbers in uh, the car. We look at motoring numbers as a sort of litmus test or a dipstick of um, how the economy at large is faring. So today, our focus is TransUnion's uh, second quarter 2021 South African Vehicle Pricing Index, and uh, the the I guess headline takeaway from uh, TransUnion's report is the fact that uh, the latest lockdowns as well as the civil unrest that looting and rioting that we saw at the beginning of july how those could stunt the auto industry's uh, green shoots so let's get into it understand what those green shoots are what they were and uh, the repercussions of um, uh, the lockdown as well as the civil unrest um cribbin already is the head of auto and uh, the head of auto at transunion and he joins us today to help us unpack uh, the findings of the latest transunion second quarter 2021 sa vehicle pricing index good afternoon cribbin it's always a pleasure to speak to you good afternoon thanks for having me and hello to your listeners as well Give us some context, uh, Kriben, before we give uh, before we go into the numbers. Um, the key sort of um, or the top line or the key takeaway from your findings is that the latest lockdowns and civil unrest could stunt the auto industry's green shoots. What are or what were those green shoots? How were we looking uh, before uh, the president addressed us in a family meeting saying we're back to level four lockdown? That's the first thing. And then, of course, uh, those uh, the civil unrest of early July. What, what, where were we, um, and what was the automotive industry looking like before those two occurrences? Mm, absolutely. So, I mean, the, the, the real context, you know, if we go back to 2020, um, and you look at quarter two of 2020, you know, in months like April, the industry was almost uh, shut down totally. I think we yes. did about 500 sales just in the, in the month of April. We closed the year up in 2020 around a 30% decline on new vehicle sales and probably around 27% decline year on year on total financed uh, deals on both new and used vehicles. So coming into the year, you know, there was certainly some pent up demand. Um, and a- as you compare, and, and, you know, of course, in certain periods, it actually uh, doesn't make real sense to actually compare it to, to the previous period, especially if you look at the month of April as an example. Mm. But if we take the first six months of the year and, and at the end of quarter two and the end of June, we certainly were seeing the recovery in terms of not just year-on-year growth, but equally month-on-month growth. So we see we, we saw this constant, you know, growth uh, coming in. Look, we, we still, if you compare, let's say, to 2019 as an example, in the first six months of the year, the industry is still down around 11% if we use 2019 as the reference point. Okay. But against 2020 and month-on-month, we certainly saw growth in terms of new vehicle sales. We saw uh, growth, you know, in, in quarter two, we saw a 64% um, uptick year on year just in finance deals overall on, on new and used vehicles. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, equally as important, uh, even exports, we saw them tracking and starting to grow as 
different markets started uh, to open up. I think, you know, exports was around 50.9% in June alone, just the growth. The, so that, that's definitely the green shoots, you know, that we, we, we saw started to, to come in. If you look at where we are now, though, um, and the month of July, we're probably going to go on as some kind of record month, mm, I think, absolutely. for the automotive industry. Because, absolutely. yeah, there was just a number of different things impacting the, the industry. So the one is definitely the unrest. And, you know, the, the logistics around getting cars uh, transported inland from coastal, as an example, was affected through the N3. The unrest drives consumer confidence. Uh, lower because people are just uncertain. So a lot of that will come through as a lagging, you know, effect into quarter three, I think. But, you know, just the month of July, if we look at some of the other things that impacted the industry. So the second one I'd call out is this transnet uh, cyber attack as an example. And why that's important is that, you know, when the ports, as an example, get affected, and, and it did in this in this instance, it affects our import and export volume. So South Africa... In South Africa, you know, probably about 70% of the cars on the roads are imported into the country mm. and probably about 65% of vehicles um, manufactured or assembled in the country are exported out to other markets. So when we have, you know, levels of growing exports, something like that obviously affects us. And then case in point, you know, we saw almost a 33% decline in exports in the month of July. Um, mm. Then, of course, we had this, uh, you know, we went back to level four and that was probably lasted about five five weeks. So we have almost this unintended consequences of these external factors, call it, uh, coming through. And then in the month of July, we also had, you know, we, we saw the the competition commission, um, you know, they made this ruling a while back, but the 1st of July was actually the rollout of what's been called right to repair. Um, as you would know, Popia as well became fully enforced as of 1st of July, um, as well as the rollout of the R2 um you know, act and the regulations around that also started to roll up. So it's almost a lot of different uh, factors hitting the industry almost all at once in one month. Sure, a lot happening. Yeah, as you say, in the month of uh, in the month of July, um, to the point, obviously, that kind of civil unrest that we saw, uh, it does it. You know, it understandably does things to consumer confidence. You don't want to buy a new vehicle and incur additional debt when your city is burning, for instance. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, you talk about how manufacturing and assembling um, was affected, and there is a bit of a lag effect, right, in terms of stopping and starting manufacturing. Can you perhaps elaborate on that Transnet cyber attack? And that, of course, the fact that we know that uh, our Durban port is effectively the gateway to, if not the SADC region, the continent. What does that mean in terms of vehicle parts, movement and vehicles themselves into the rest of the continent? Have you been able to draw a correlation to that um, and track some trends there? It's, uh, it's still a bit early, and, and to your point, I think some of this is definitely going to have a lagging uh, impact you know, into quarter three. And so I think August and as we get into September will be the months to watch some, you know, some of the impact. But the, the early indications is definitely at that point in time for that period that uh, exports uh, was affected. Um, you know, the, the, the South Africa has also been suffering from a stock shortage, uh, both on new vehicles and on used vehicles. On the new vehicle side, it was uh, really driven more around um, the semiconductor issues that, we, that you know, the, the assemblers were being faced with mm. and the global shortage, so that affected us. In turn, on the used vehicle side, as the market, so we, when new vehicle pricing started to rise as aggressively as it did, and, and, we, and it's quite, a, quite expected during cycles, 
in like what we're going through, the industry shifts more or the consumers shift more towards buying used vehicles because the value proposition is just greater. Now, under normal circumstances, uh, you would have a decent level of stock available because the, there's, a, there's only a few feeders of stock to the industry. So one is when someone trades in their vehicle and they want to purchase a new vehicle, that car could be repurposed and, and put back onto a, a customer's or a dealer's showroom floor, as an example. The challenge is when you have these lockdowns and the levels of uh, sales that we saw last year, it dries up your, your trade-ins and your wholesale uh, volume that's coming through. The second thing that would have impacted is just, you know, uh, the rental market, as an example. Sure. Uh, their entire uh, refleeting and defleeting cycles went off. So a lot of these things, like the transnet, um you know, that you point out, would, it would be a lagging impact. Right now, certainly we see exports, but again, we, we, we're optimistic about the recovery. You know, we're still optimistic about the recovery because I think, you know, if we really put it into context, the unrest, the transnet cyber tax is an example. It's really once off, uh, well, you know, touch would we hope that, that yeah. they, they once off events, but they're really once off events. And, you know, if we take it out of the context, the, the industry as a whole was on a path to recovery. Mm. Sure. Um, when you use that term, touch wood, uh, you remind me of an English teacher of mine who would say touch wood and then knock on her own head. And uh, at this point, it kind of feels <laughs> a lot like that. You're pinning your hopes on a lot of things and yeah, hoping and praying, Kribin. But let's look at um, that ratio of used uh, used to new vehicle sales. Um, we know that what we've seen because of COVID-19 and the ensuing lockdowns, was that when it came to the financing of vehicles, uh, primarily used cars, uh, used car sales um, uh, were driven up, but the financing of um, vehicles was quite limited to uh, the 200 to sort of 300,000 or below the 300,000 threshold. Expand on that for us, the findings in, in this uh, quarter two TransUnion report. Mm. You, you know, we, we actually have seen this in, in previous cycles as well. So if you go back to like the global financial crisis around uh, 2007, 2008, it actually was a, a very similar trend. Uh, but a couple of, of the insights. So one is certainly this year, you know, we, and coming out of last year, we see the market swing more towards used vehicles. And I think there's a couple of factors around this. One is definitely affordability and the and the value proposition that a new vehicle or, or a used vehicle rather so it presents to a consumer so when we go through periods of of high um high vehicle pricing and and you know we're coming off the context of a quarter one 2021 uh new vehicle pricing of sitting at 8.8 percent and and uh, just before that we probably had about five or six consecutive quarters uh where the where new vehicle pricing was just on the rise and, and it's largely affected by a, a weak rand etc because we are a high import um, import market. So, mm-hmm. from a pricing perspective, what we see is that the moment you know the new vehicle pricing exceeds CPI and, and gets almost to this double digit type of environment, consumers will swing towards uh, used. And we see that coming through in the ratio. We're sitting at 2.67 at the moment. So, so what that basically means is for every 2.67 used vehicles being financed in the country, one new vehicle. Will uh, is being financed, and that's been rising since uh, even if we go back a year. So from the same period last year, it was sitting at about 2.3, and that's been consistently rising as consumers change. But what we're also picking up from a, a consumer buying behavior, mm-hmm. I think COVID is also affecting uh, the, sh- the shift as well, because we're seeing 
consumers as an example that might have been in a two-car household and let's uh, say they, they each uh, you know partner would have owned a sedan yeah these consumers are downgrading almost to one-car households that might be opting for an suv and because of affordability they would buy not a brand new suv but probably mm-hmm. one that's two or three years old so it can fit their you know, own lifestyle and affordability yeah. levels and requirements. Kribe, That's some of the, the Kribe, general trends. I'd like you to just uh, just to stay on that point and the focus on households that are moving from a two-car household to a single-car household. I mean, if you are in the automotive industry, you obviously... It, it, maybe that's not great news or welcome news, but you have, you, you've got a specific vantage point, right? We're, um, being at TransUnion, you're also privy, of course, to the rate at which South Africans are indebted, defaults on payments, etc. Isn't that encouraging? The fact that, you know, households are actually, um, taking control of things and, uh, rem- you know, run, be uh, remaining ahead of the problem and opting to downgrade before, before in fact they're forced to. Um, I'm not sure what, how deep the insights of your consumer pulse study went, but, you know, were people with these largely preemptive moves, first of all, um, by, um, uh, by these households and, what else was sort of unpacked in the thinking and the impetus behind doing so? Yeah, no, you, you, you're 100% right. It's, it's a bit of a mixed bag, I would say, at the moment. So on one hand, you do have uh, consumers becoming more highly indebted. And we saw, you know, we, we did a study around, and we pulled data from around 2017 to current, just across the vehicle asset finance market as an example. And what the data says is that there's been this consistent rise in uh, in delinquency. So consumers that fall three months um, and uh, beyond that in their in their finance agreement or obligation, the in 2017 it was probably sitting around three percent. Towards the end of 2020, it was sitting at around 9.1 percent, mm-hmm. uh, and that's that's very aggressive. So consumers yeah. are certainly there's a there's there is a portion of consumers that are certainly getting to that. Uh, extent and this could be you know compounded during COVID because of uh, working hours being limited or unemployment um, or you, you know you find find yourself under really hard times. So I think there is certainly that uh, that portion of consumers that are being affected in that way. And the broader context is that uh, South African consumers are actually not the best at uh, credit management, credit awareness, credit education, etc. And if I just give you a quick stat on that, there's yeah. probably around 23 million credit active consumers in South Africa. Of that 23 million, there's about 2.4 million of those consumers that are in currently in an active vehicle finance uh, arrangement. And of that 23 million, roughly around 11 million of those consumers, so almost half of those that entire consumer base have some level of uh, adverse information Hmm. or negative listing against their credit profile. So this could be the for, in the form of a mispayment, a, uh, a judgment, a default, et cetera. Now, in South Africa, we've also got a regulation that allows a consumer at no cost at all to get a free credit report within a 12-month cycle. Now, you would expect that that 11 million consumers, we, you know, we would be inundated as credit bureaus mm. uh, from consumers wanting their free report, wanting to understand what is the data that's in their report, etc. The reality is on an annual basis, not just with TransUnion, but across all bureaus, less than 2 million people of that 23 million credit active actually get their report, 
you know, they, they report that's free and actually almost owed to them. It's your right almost if yeah. you want to, you, you know, look at it like that to get your report. So there's certainly, you know, much more we have to do, I think, as a society and as industries, et cetera, around financial uh, and credit awareness education, et cetera. On yeah. the other hand, though, to your point, we, we're also seeing that consumers are certainly becoming more savvy with their own finances uh, because the other, you know, uh, context is on that, that 2 million that goes through today to get their report for free. If you go back around three to four years, that number was probably half that. So over the last three to four years, it's probably doubled in terms of consumers that are actually going in, getting, you know, the information about themselves. What, what is a bureau holding, you know, about your credit history and payment history, et cetera. So we're definitely seeing a savviness coming through and, the the recovery through the pulse survey as well we saw that the the level of consumers that are undergoing financial hardship uh, from the time that we started running the survey around march or april last year to to current is definitely come down come down so last year it was sitting at around 84 percent or so when we started surveying them it's probably sitting just over 60 percent in the current state so it's certainly getting better, but it's still, you know, a, a, a problem, I would say. Mm, we definitely have a long way to go. Well, Kruben, it's always a pleasure speaking to you and getting your insights as well. I think uh, another follow-up conversation that would be intriguing to have is, uh, I guess, a few months down the line, just seeing the effects and the, um, uh, the yeah, the knock-on effects of um, that right to repair legislation coming into effect uh, this month, or rather in July, um, and and seeing how the se- the automotive industry has responded to that. But thank Thank you so much for your time. Kriben, no problem, it's a pleasure. Thank you. Sure. Kriben Reddy is head of auto at uh, Trans Union.